0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are Dan Baer's interviews with two of the stars from the color purple, Danielle Brooks and Corey Hawkins. Today, our teacher taught us about a place called Africa. She say our mamas come from Queens over there. That means that we, Royalty.
3: don't need <laughs> you to love me.
1: Afternoon, I need me a wife.
3: Even if we have to part, you and me, I us have one, one heart. I don't need Get off my land!
0: You. I'll rat you every day! No. No.
3: Nothing but death can keep me from it. ain't got no kinfolk around these parts all i had was my sister <laughs> she was the only one ever loved
2: me hello everyone and welcome to the next best picture podcast where we are talking with the one the only danielle brooks star of the new film the color purple hello danielle thank you so much for joining us today
3: hi i'm very glad to be joining
2: you today I'm very excited that you are as so well. I'm very excited to talk to you about this. Yeah. The first thing that I have to ask is, you know, this casting video of yours that went kind of viral. How do you go on with life knowing that your life has just peaked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oprah tells you that you have been cast in this it's movie. Crazy.
3: The first thing that happened to me, I could feel it. I think that's why I was holding my chest and I couldn't talk. Like my voice was like yeah. Is because I knew that my life was about to change. I could feel it. It was happening. And the first thing I did after, like, my husband spun me around, picked me up and spun me around in the house, we got on our knees and prayed. And what I've been praying for, Daniel, is guidance during this whole thing. Is like, helping me, help me to get ready for whatever is on the other side of this. You know what I mean? And it's what we're seeing now is what's happening now. You know, all of the flowers, you know what I mean? Even the process of shooting this movie, it's like, Lord, help me to be ready because this is such a huge opportunity. You know what I mean? And I just didn't want this to pass me by and not, you know, be in the right headspace. So, I've been good. I've been doing the work because when you call on God, I'm telling you, I don't know, if you know, he going to show up. So I have been doing the work to get ready for this grand, exciting moment that I am experiencing now.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure it's extra exciting because in the film, you get to reunite with your former Juilliard classmate, Corey Hawkins, who we all know and love, <laughs> Did you find yourself slipping back into like your old college self when you were with him on set? (laughs) A hundred
3: percent, a hundred percent cutting up all day. (laughs) <laughs> Luckily, the best part that Juilliard taught us because we're very silly people is how to be professional because when I tell you, the amount of times we just could not stop laughing or making inside jokes was countless. So it was the like the one of the outside of Miss O, the best number two highlight for me was working with Corey Hawkins. So I'm so glad. That you know, they said yes to me because he was the only one in the cast who did not have to audition. So, feel
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <skilled> like that.
2: <laughs> and what well, you know, and going into this knowing that you're gonna have to slap the hell out of your good friend, <laughs> what does that feel like?
3: <laughs> Slapping Corey, I slapped him in this movie. You slap a lot of people. (laughs) I didn't didn't slap him, though. But I actually got slapped on accident. Um, It was total accident. No. By my co-star, the guy who plays the mayor. When Mm. we were rehearsing, he actually did smack me. Mm. And I used it. I used (laughs) it to serve the character because I, too, was starting to become angry. (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, but no, he was wonderful. And, yeah, that day was rough for me.
2: <laughs> I, I can I can imagine. I you know, you grew up in South Carolina, but were born in Georgia, which is where you all shot the film. What was it like to go back there for this story and this character?
3: Yeah, it was everything you would think. I mean, it brings up a lot of childhood trauma that I had of being called the N-word for the first time in third grade and being in this space where you actually, we were shooting on plantations sometimes and seeing slave shacks in the back and like being, I have this video of us going to the plantation and just, there's like hundreds and thousands of trees. We just pass in trees and all I can think of as a black woman playing a so playing Sophia, who is probably the first generation of freed slaves, was how many brothers and sisters probably were lynched on those trees? It was heavy. It was very heavy. Um, but you know, as Taraji says, and it's so true, we don't wallow in our muck. We truly do try to find the joy in our pain you know, and and know that that's not all of what life is. um, And to hold on to as much of that joy and laughter, especially as a character, Sophia, um, as we can.
2: I think that's a good way to go about it. I read an interview where you said that another person that you co-star in this film with, Corman Domingo, once gave you helpful words when you were having a crisis of confidence early on in your career and what did it mean to get to play alongside him in this film
3: i also have to shout out elizabeth marvel because she's juilliard as well and one of my
2: favorite people (laughs) love her
3: so great so like caring to me because you know this is a hard part for us both to play in this way and she just really took care of me so i just want to give her her love and say thank you but With Coleman, yeah. So right when I graduated Juilliard, your girl was not working. I was working, but I was a dog walker. I was a typist (laughs) to an elderly lady. I worked at a restaurant on 60th Street. I was grinding. That was the work. And I was hearing a lot of no's when it came to theater and um, I went up to Coleman. I saw him at Signature Theater, and I had just saw him in Passing Strange, and 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 I was just like, I got to talk to him. So I went up to him, introduced myself, and he asked me about myself. And I was telling him that I am an actor. I just graduated Juilliard, but I am really struggling to find my place in this industry. And he took the time to empower me and tell me to not give up. You know, and I just, I just feel like it's so crazy that we're having this experience together now um, and that his character has remained the same. His heart, his spirit has remained the same. However many years, it has to be over 10 years now, <laughs> or Jesus might be almost 20 years now. Oh, no, don't age. No, no, it ain't that old. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Look, I am not a mathematician. I'm an actress, okay? Yes. I don't know. <laughs>
2: And and both of you writing career highs right now as well, between this and his work in Rustin as well. It's yeah. gotta be exciting.
3: He his time for him too, you know, he's been out here grinding as well and being patient during this moment. You know, I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've been learning is you when you know something in your heart is destined for you, a lot of times we rush that but it is okay to be patient so that the universe can prepare you for the thing and the thing for you. And I really am just excited that he's having this moment. Uh, He is a leading man. The man is talented, like beyond measure. Uh, So getting to like work with him and do that, specifically the first scene where you meet Sophia and she meets um, Mr., was a dream for me because we're similar actors. Like if the line is, I like chocolate, we going to make that line pop. Like you're just going to (laughs) know, like, you know, it's like, ain't nothing mediocre about what we do as artists. And so I was very excited to like get to pass that ball with him and Corey as well in that scene.
2: Exciting. You know, you had to, and I can say that I was lucky enough to see you on Broadway in this part and how incredible you were on stage and, you know, you're also incredible in the film, but obviously there, you know, it's very different mediums performing for stage versus performing for camera. How did you approach playing Sophia any differently? And how did, how did it feel different playing, I
3: imagine? 100%. 100%. I mean... It was like getting to do eight shows a week. And I also have to tell you, all I was shooting Orange and New Black at the same time. But doing eight shows a week for a year, playing this part, like I laid the foundation for what you see in the movie. That was the foundation, right? But then there's so many other things that I discovered through this. Because what I realized, and a lot of people don't understand about theater, is once you finish your previews, the show gets locked. It's done. You do not get to play around and find new things and discover new things and try new runs on this note. No, it's what it is. So I'm stuck in this pattern for a year. And as you see, I like to play. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like now getting to do it in this movie form and the type of actor I am, I really love living within the lines. As you people have mentioned, when I say, you know, uh, respect, I live in the consonants. That's the type of actor I am. And so now I have the freedom to do so. I can go to Blitz and say, Blitz, I actually think, you know, when I have that painting or that, that picture of me and Harpo mm. and I'm describing how upset I am at him, I think I throw it in the water. And he said, "Okay, we'll get them to rig the glass so that you can throw it in the water." Like that, he allowed me that space. He never said no to any of my (laughs) choices, which is so—it's just like great because like you get what you get when you give the freedom to the actor. And I know that's why he spent so much time, Daniel, on casting because he had to make sure that he could trust his actors because he's got 3,000 things to think about, and at least we can take that one burden off of him and do our work and bring it to the screen and bring it to each day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered
1: Chumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh,
0: baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18
3: plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And it's good too, that, you know, he's, he's open to that, you know? Playing. Yeah.
3: Cause a lot of people forget like, and that's why I got it, man. People need to don't sleep on blitz, man. Cause <laughs> A lot of people forget that leadership is not about dictatorship and just telling people what they're going to do. A leader is also listening, you know, letting people, if the best idea is in the room and it's not yours, that is okay. You know, and I feel like he really operated out of that place and we see the benefit of it with his movie.
2: Absolutely. And we're coming up on the end of our time together, unfortunately, but I, I had to ask, you know, in one of the most harrowing sequences of the film, we watch Sophia as she has to leave behind her children and her family and is wallowing in this prison cell. If time travel existed and they were somehow able to meet, what advice do you think Tasty from Orange is the New Black would give to Sophia in this moment?
3: What? What <laughs> question? I ain't have time for, for that. What? Oh, <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Okay. What I think Tasty would remind Sophia is that you still have purpose. The fact that she was not hung on one of those Georgia trees and she still survived the abuse that she did, there is still more life and purpose that she has and i think that's what we discovered so beautifully with tasty she went through so much she ended up getting convicted for a murder she didn't commit but she still decided to make the poosay washington fun and get on her feet and mm-hmm. you know be the start excuse me start riots and all of these things yeah. because she knew there was more of her to offer than her circumstances presented so that's what i think she would tell sophia you still
2: got purpose, girl. And you still have purpose coming oh. up and promoting this film <laughs> and spreading the message. <laughs> yes, I do.
3: And it it's just beginning.
2: <laughs> Danielle, thank you so much again for joining us today. And thank, thank you, you so much for your work on the film. Good luck in this whole exciting time thank and with you. whatever comes next. I'm
3: living in it. I'm living in it. Yes.
2: Nice. <laughs> nice talking with you. Good talking with you too.
3: It's time for you to see the world. There's gonna be some changes made. Put it on. This ain't me. Hush. We need to look like we belong. Let's see this smile and color. Oh, <gasps> sweet and loving God. Showing my heart to Okay.
0: Dear Celie, we are more than just kings and queens.
1: We are at the center of the universe.
2: Hey, Dan. Hi, Corey. I'm very excited to be speaking with you today about The Color Purple, um, the new movie musical. I have to ask, were you familiar with the musical before you got cast?
1: I was very familiar with it. Uh, I'm, uh, Danielle Brooks is a good friend of mine. Uh, we went to school together. So um, I went to see her in it about four or five times. <laughs> and also, when we first got to school, when we first got to Juilliard, <laughs> The uh, show was already on Broadway. The first iteration of the show was on Broadway. So yeah, very familiar with the the original.
2: <laughs> it's wonderful to hear. And of course, getting to reunite with Danielle Brooks a decade after being at Juilliard together. What whoa, was it like? Whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> come
3: on.
2: Come
1: on. No. Yeah. It's crazy when you think of it. Um, yeah. I mean, wow, over a
2: decade actually at this point. Yeah. I, I didn't it. say over a decade. I just. <laughs> I, but I'm wondering, like, when you were rehearsing for this, the two of you have so much to do together. Did you fall back on any old exercises you used to do in class or anything? Was it like just running right back into that dynamic or no? Yeah.
1: After I mean, after knowing each other, I mean, you know, we first met in 2006. I want to say maybe seven. 2006 seven. So. I mean, we're coming up pretty soon on twenty years. So there's a language there that uh that is so easy that when it comes to, you know, technique or exercises or things like that, it's just there's a there's a second hand, I think, that also just made the dynamic between Harpo and Sophia that much more rich and that much much more uh nuanced because we knew we know each other so well. And so we also know each other's quirks, we know each other's habits and stuff and so we could also push each other in ways um when we found ourselves falling back on tricks and things like that too so that was fun to just be able to continue not sort
2: of coasting but 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 pushing each other and lifting each other up i can imagine and i have to ask um What is it like being on the receiving end of her hell no? (laughs) Because the audience were blown (laughs) to the back of our seats. I've been on the receiving end of that before, you know, uh, (laughs) other, you
1: know, things, but, but, uh, you know, in our friendship along the years, no, she's, she's, Danielle possesses a quality that is so special and so unique and so deep. And to be able to, To witness that is a gift, and she was the first person I thought they would cast when I was cast, Uh, and it was a no-brainer in my head. Uh, (laughs) I think everybody else just had. I think think.
2: I think for anyone who saw her do it on Broadway, exactly, it was a no-brainer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, And so, uh, yeah, man, it's just it was thrilling to be able to watch watch her do that, and and for Harpo, it was uh, he recognized. Immediately, his mistake—you know, his flaw, what what happened—he did something that he would was so out of character for him, and he paid dearly for it. And, and she made sure he knew that.
2: That she did. <laughs> so you're working alongside Danielle, who mm-hmm. played Sophia on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Fantasia Barino, who also played Celie on Broadway. Yeah. But this is your first time with this character. How did you get to a place where you felt as comfortable in Harpo's skin as people who had previously played these parts felt in theirs?
1: Um, well, that's the work. You know, that's the rehearsal process. That's the, the doing the the, the the sort of studied diving into the, the history of, of, I'm a big sort of, when I jump into characters, I like to just study the world. And that's why I like working on period pieces. And I get have had the fortune of working on a few of them is just to be able to dive into the world of them. You know, it's just dive into, uh, I mean, everything from knowing the music of the time to like, you know, I'm, I'm a geek with that kind of stuff. Like, I I want to know, like, if the if the sweater, I want to know what the sweater's is made out of and where he got it from, and and you know, so so for me, it was a lot of conversations with the department heads and with also with Kraft and Harpo. Um, these were men, I think, the Johnson boys, who stood a little bit differently than than other men during that time, and I think they had this style, right? Like, it's this thing about Uh, like even the parts in his hair, you know? Which side it would be parted on, this side sometimes perfectly quaffed afro, you know? So like that kind of work is the thing that sort of drops me in. Um, And then getting behind the eyes, Harpo's a sensitive soul, he's an empath, he's a quiet uh, brother who likes, who enjoys letting his woman, you know, allowing his woman to, to shine. And I think there's something to be said about that for this generation um, about new ways of like love and, and how to break the cycle. He, Harpo is somebody who's like makes a choice to break that cycle. And, uh, and so that was fun for me. But a lot of it came from just our conversations, our collaboration with Blitz, um, and just giving me the freedom to play and paint in the lines a little bit more than maybe what we've seen in the previous versions on Broadway
2: or in the film uh, or even reading the book, you know. It's really beautiful. Hearing you say that, I'm reminded that, you know, the last movie musical you did was In the Heights, mm-hmm. which also has a really big, warm, vibrant, familial yeah. feeling to it. <laughs> did that film and and this film have similar vibes on set? Uh, it's
1: interesting, right? Because In the Heights, I still play, you know, this young Black man, I, I play this young Black man who is, uh, finds home, he finds community, in Washington Heights and in it, it, but you know it's very specific to the Latino community there and I actually lived in Washington Heights when I was a student as well for a period of time uh, so I knew that very well I knew that with my bones I know this story with my bones and in my bones in a different way because it's about my community so for me um, uh the color purple is is legacy, you know the color purple is faith it's it's forgiveness it's sight it's trust it's 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 breaking like i said those cycles and and challenging who we are is is humanity and it's something that honestly like oprah when she talks about it she's always talks about everything purple is all things divine and all things purple are all things divine and and to be a part of that legacy now is uh it's magic. It's magic for me, you know. So but Heights in the Heights, funny, funnily enough, Scott Sanders and Mary Jacobs, they produced that. And Scott Sanders, if I hadn't done in the Heights after I finished that film, um, right before we were about to release that, I got a call saying that, you know, Spielberg and Oprah and Blitz and, uh, and him and, and Quincy, everybody signed off on me being their Harpo. And, and Alice Walker wrote me a beautiful note as well um about being harpo for this generation so i was uh thrilled and honored
2: that's a really wonderful call to get and a really wonderful time to get it as well right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 you know i think as actors it's always interesting and i think that you know the roles you take on they're all part of you and i think that the characters that you play are oftentimes in conversation with each other so, and so I'm wondering what advice you think Benny from In the Heights would give to Harpo, and vice versa.
1: Wow, wow, that's great! Uh, <laughs> the, the, first of all, they're along the same lineage. You know, mm-hmm. Benny could be a descendant of Harpo Johnson. You know, he could he could definitely be. Walking in that. Benny is an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Benny is somebody who wants to find his own way, right? As like, is
2: Harpo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as is Harpo. Harpo mm-hmm. wants to
1: start this juke joint. And these are men who have imaginations. Young black boys who have imagination and giving them imagination. And I think that's key. Like, for me, when I'm picking roles, I'm not interested um, in the flashy sort of stuff. And it probably precludes me from, you know, a lot of the other Hollywood conversations, um, but I'm I'm okay with that because I know like my journey is finding these characters like Benny, like um, uh, uh, Harpo, you know, um, you know, even Dre, you know, Dr. Dre here. Like, you know, I'm just interested in these young brothers who have to figure it out um, and and make it work and how they get there. That's the interesting journey for me. Um, is is the machinations behind that. So they're all talking to each other. I think that's a great point. I think they're all in conversation and um, I hope to keep them in conversation too, you know, for a long time.
2: And that's really wonderful to hear. Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. That's all the time we have. Before Thanks, I go, man. I just have to say, I saw you in Top Dog Underdog on Broadway. Oh. Both you and Yaya abdul Mateen absolutely electric. Thank you, man. Couldn't get enough. Problem. I can't wait to see you on the Great White Way again.
1: Oh man, well it's gonna be my right now my going rate is about five years at, between every time I come yeah. back to Broadway. <laughs> so so we'll we got see. some time. <laughs> yeah, we got some we got a little bit of time before maybe I'm make making back unless something else costs to me. We'll see. But thank you. I appreciate that and received
2: that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Corey. Thanks.
0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Dan Baer's interviews with two of the stars from the new film The Color Purple, Danielle Brooks and Corey Hawkins here on the next best picture podcast. The Color Purple is up for your consideration in all eligible categories for this year's Academy Awards and is now currently playing in theaters from Warner Brothers Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time.